But um, as I mentioned, there is this stage behind me, so things are a little bit different. We want to do something that everyone can understand, um, and the Bible is for everyone, and that includes you adults. So I don't want you to check out thinking, this is not for me, okay? Because this is from the Word of God. I promise there's going to be something for you. So I have some friends who are going to help me out. First friend who's going to help me out is... I gotta prepare myself. Oh, it's my friend fooling you. Oh yeah, there he is. Whoa, hey. Good. Hello, it is me fooling you. Good morning, fooling you. How are you doing? I'm doing well in the body, mind, and spirit. Spirit, but that's great. That's what I said. That said, spirit. You're saying spit it. Listen, get those ears cleaned out. Don't stop it. Ow, stop. That's assault. That is not assault. <laughs> I am not attacking you. Don't sneak up on a kung fu master like that. How is I, I... I did not sneak up on him. I have to okay. break up my kung fu and you... You do not have kung fu. That's kind of pitiful. Those are the flapping fingers of fury. Okay. Anyway, fooling you, you're actually here to help us. Yes, Anita-san. No, my name is Anita. So Anita-san. you're... Anita-san. Mm-mm. Anita. Anita-san. It is not Anita-san, it's just Anita-san. No, Anita. Anita-san. I, I know my own name. We're it's, not here to talk about this. I know. We We're not here to talk about you. Oh, look at me, Miss Anita-san, up here on the platform. That's Let's not, all talk about my name. That is not what I'm wanting. You are not the focus. I am focused. Anita-san, you must focus. I am focused. No, you do a lot of blah, 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 blah. No, I am not. Okay, you're actually here to help us. Focus. No, 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 not just that. You're here to help us find out what we're talking about today, okay? Yes. So, but first, yes. In the back. Yes. Martin. Yes, Martin. Martin's going to push a button. I don't think his name is Martin. I think He's it's going to push Martin. the button. Yes. And it's going to come up on the screen. That's right. He's going to push he, the button. Okay, we got that. That's how it's going to... Push the button. Push the button. Okay. Push the button. He pushed it. Push, it's push there. The you can Everybody now. No. The button. You can stop push, now. Push the button. We can, we can, we can push the button. Push, push the button. What is this? I'm a raising a roof. Really? Okay. I am Kung Fu Master and a Hip Hop Master. Really? Master. Yes. Okay. So today, he pushed the button. It's on the screen. What yes. are we talking about today? A good friend takes a chance for a friend. That's right. We're going to be talking about what a good friend is. And one of the things about a good friend is that they take a chance for their friends. That is what I said. I know. I'm just repeating it so it gets in our minds. You need to focus. I am focused. <laughs> I know what I'd like to focus on. <laughs> you leaving. So. It's time for me to go. Yep. Time for you to go. Sayonara means goodbye. Sayonara. Hi. Okay. So, as he said, he's back there, isn't he? Anita-san, you must have focus. Okay. Let's focus on what he said. A good friend takes a chance 
for a friend, all right? Now, this is something not just that we're saying, but there's something that we can learn from the Bible with this, okay? So today, we have a memory verse for you guys. It's from Proverbs 17, 17, and we can have it there. It says, a friend loves at all times. He is there to help when trouble comes. So I want you guys to repeat this after me, all right? This is an interactive service, so feel free to join in. Say, a friend loves at all times. He is there to help when trouble comes. Proverbs 17, 17. All right, now speaking of trouble, I have another friend who's going to help me out. You don't have to be afraid. It's okay. Or is that a, that might be a squeal of delight. I don't know. My friend Steve is here. My friend Steve, I just saw you. Steve. Hello. Hello. (laughs) <laughs> Got to see you a little closer. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Now, I, we have just said this memory verse. Yes. And that means it's time for you to say the memory verse. Yes, I'm going to say the memory verse correctly the very first time. I would love it if you would. Okay. Say that verse. Are you ready for me to say the verse? There okay. <clears throat> a Steve loves at all times. You're welcome, ladies. You. Stop it. Stop it. It does not say a Steve, and that is, like, creepy. Okay? Well, at least I don't have one of those creepy mustaches. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Anyway, listen. The verse that's on the screen is from Proverbs seventeen seventeen. You are not in it. I'm not in the Bible. You are not in the Bible. No, but I have love for the ladies. Okay, listen, the verse... What was it? Hashtag my lady? Stop it. No, stop it. No, stop. Stop it. That was the youth pastor. I know. Also creepy. Listen, this verse is not creepy at all. Let's... let's... You can be creepy without the mustache. Okay. Let's, let's talk about what's not creepy. The Bible. Yes. Okay, Proverbs seventeen seventeen says, A friend, A friend loves, loves at, at all, all times. times. He is there to help when trouble comes. A friend loves at all times. He is there to help when trouble comes, but not when you need to move. <laughs> Your friend has all kinds of excuses when it's time to move. Got to rearrange my sock drawer. No, no, stop. Got to schedule that colonoscopy. Stop it. Stop it. Look at me. Okay? It just stops when it says, a friend loves at all times. He's there to help when trouble comes. That means no right. matter what. Okay? Right. So say Even that. Even when a puppet comes up to help you with the memory verse. No. Even then, and that is trouble. So, let's say it together. A, a friend loves at all times. He is there to help when trouble comes. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. This is in the Bible. <laughs> we all know that. No, no, no. At the top of the screen, it says the verse that it's found in. It's found in... Any jump in here, man. Is there anything about a breath mint in there? <laughs> they pass them out when you walk in the door. Okay. You're curling my hair, Stop girl. Stop it. <laughs> You're pushing the last button there, buddy. Okay. This is in Proverbs. Proverbs 17. 17. Dot, dot, 17. 17. Except you don't say dot, dot. So, yes, we say the dot, dot. No, you don't. You right, don't. kids, do we say the dot dot? 
No. Because we are happy. And when you're happy, you say dot, dot. No, you don't. If you're happy and you know it, say dot, dot. If you're happy and you know it, say dot, dot. If you're happy and you know it, the dot, dot's really show it. If you're happy and you know it, say dot, dot. We are happy. <laughs> I am too. No, I think you're not not. <laughs> I am happy. <laughs> because it's time for you to go. Okay? I'm to go. Okay. Thank you for helping. Wait, I don't just leave. Because you can't do it the easy jump. way. You're jumping. I have to do a flip. Really? Yes, I'm going to do a flip right above the curtains up here. Right above the curtain here? Yes. Okay. Y'all want to see it? Sure. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> oh, wait. Children, do not try this at home. I am a professional curtain jumping puppet. Okay. I went to school. You, you went to school? Yes, in Flippin', Arkansas. <laughs> okay. All right. So... I'm going to count to three. You can count with me, and then he'll flip in his professional way. Here we go. One, two, three. Whoa. Woo. That was a pretty good flip. All right. Now, you know, we're starting a new series today, and it's, it's letters from a friend. This is some things that Paul wrote, all right? So we're going to be looking at the book of Philemon, and I have another friend who's going to help me out with telling this story. And his name is Bubba. Hi, Bubba. How you doing? Howdy. How you doing? Well, I'm not doing so good because I only got one arm that works and I can't fill out this page. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Hey. It says, who is speaking? I wonder how many kids put a need a son. <laughs> <laughs> they might, actually. But, well, this is... Can a... you give that to Pastor Z? He needs something to keep himself occupied. I think... No, no. He's listening. <laughs> he says, stop dogging on him, man. <laughs> Why? Okay. Listen, Bubba, are you... It is a great day, an infused yes. service. I love them, all right? It is a great day. Woo! Awesome. Now, you're going to help me tell this Bible story, okay? Yes. Woo! That's a good story, I guess. Yes. Now, we're talking about a letter that the man Paul wrote, okay? A letter that Paul wrote. He did, right. And he wrote it. The name of the book is called Philemon. That's who he wrote Wait. this letter to. Philemon? Yes. That's the name now, of the man he wrote it to? Yes. Philemon. Yes. That's his name. Why are you doing That's this? That's the name that his mama gave him. Yes. Philemon. Yes. It's a perfectly acceptable name, okay? Right. Anyway, so Paul was writing this letter to Philemon, who was a Christian man, okay? Yes, Philemon now, was a Christian man. If you want to read the entire book when you get home, it's just one chapter, so it's a short this read. This just one chapter? One chapter, yeah. That's, that's my it. kind of book. I know. Does it short. got pictures? Does it got pictures? It has good grammar, but probably no pictures. Anyway, so he's writing to Philemon. Philemon is a right. Christian man. He's kind of one of the church leaders. Now, Philemon, at this time, it was a little different era, okay? Yes. Different time, different culture. It was a long time ago. Long time ago. And he owned slaves. <gasps> I know. What? I know. Now, but the, but the Bible says that he had one slave, and his name, well, he had several, I guess, but Onesimus was Onesimus? one of his slaves. Uh-huh. Philemon owned a slave named Onesimus. There's nothing wrong and with that. And that's the name that his mama gave him, yes, too. Yes, it's his name. Okay? Anyway. But he, so, owned a, he owned a man. He did. That's weird. That is. It is. Now, I guess they have that now, too. 
They, they will. Yeah, it's called they, church staff members. <laughs> not, we are not slaves. Anyway, we love working here. So, <laughs> we do. Now, Onesimus was a slave. I don't think he liked being there with Philemon because he ran away. He okay? ran away? Right. That's against the law. Right. And then years oh, later. No. Yes. Now he ran away. Yes. I guess he's on like live PD running away. He's not, he is not Excuse on. Excuse me, sir. What's your name? He's not on live PD. Onesimus. Is that the name your mama gave okay, you? Stop it. <laughs> anyway, so Paul. Do you have any outstanding warrants? Like runaway slave? Okay, listen. So, anyway, Onesimus meets Paul. And Paul is in... This is later on. Yes, later on. He met Paul. After he ran away. Right. He meets Paul, and he starts helping Paul when Paul is in prison. And right. Paul, Maybe Onesimus was in prison, too. He's not in prison. Paul writes in this letter how he has become like a son to Paul. Onesimus oh, has. Oh, so maybe Onesimus became a Christian? Right. So then Paul's writing this letter. Philemon says, okay, I, here's what I want you to do. This is, he takes a big chance for a friend, okay? Yes. And he says, I want you to accept Onesimus back, but as a brother in Christ, as a fellow Christian, as another believer. He asked that of him? He did. Not as a slave. He angry. That's right. He could have gotten angry. And you know he what? He could have Onesimus thrown in jail. He could have. worse. Right. That's right. He could have. But then Paul also sent the letter through Onesimus. He took it to Philemon. Onesimus had to bring it to Philemon? Yes. Dun, dun, dun. I know. It's kind of, and then the book ends kind of a cliffhanger. Here, Philemon, please read this very quickly. <laughs> yes. Because Paul was telling him this as a fellow Christian, as a fellow believer, accept Onesimus back as, this, as a believer also. Okay? Wow, he was taking a big chance. It is a big chance because Philemon could have gotten angry at Onesimus or at Paul. All right? right. And you know what? The Bible is good giving us examples, but we should be like Paul. And we should also take a chance for our friends. Right. If we got friends and they're in trouble, we should take a chance on them. That's right. That's right. And that, so thank you for helping me with this Bible story today, okay? You are welcome. All right. I will see you later. Hey, can I ask you a favor? Sure. Can you give me some of them biscuits and gravy? I, I don't know. They might be out. Might be out? Yes. Nothing honors Jesus like eating okay. biscuits and gravy okay. in church. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Bubba. Right, bye. Okay. Bye. All right. Now, you know, kids or adults, excuse me, I told you I want you to really pay attention because there's something in there for you too. Well, now Pastor Ryan's going to be talking to all of us. And kids, same thing goes to you. Don't just turn off your brain or start scribbling on these papers. Really pay attention because the Bible can speak to every single one of us. All right, so Mike's going to stay behind. Wait, oh, you're coming out. Last, last service, you stayed behind there the whole time. Um, but whatever. Um, okay, I don't know if you guys have ever had someone ask you a difficult question or maybe something that kind of put you in a weird spot. Uh, I know that in my life I've had that happen to me several times. Um, I remember my, like my first week ever as a youth pastor. And I was at a different church. This was about 11 years ago. And so I was 12. And... Um, and I was at this church, and this, this mother comes up to me, okay? It's my first week. I have no experience in my new career. She walks up to me, and she says, Hey, you're the new youth pastor. So great to have you. Um, hey, my daughter, is, she drives the kids around a lot. Uh, do you think that you could 
preach a sermon about how they need to pay her gas money when she drives around? And I was like, I did what anyone else would have done in that moment. I looked at her and I said, yeah, I think I could do that. Never did. But still, like, it was, a, it was a really weird ask. Like, I was like, okay, like, I'm just trying to make that happen. But I remember more specifically something that, um, it was an ask by one of my friends, and I was, I was in fifth grade, okay? And behind my house, there was this thing called the woods. Now, I referred to it as the forest because I was young, but it was really more of a woods. Several acres, and, and me and my friends were sitting there, we're playing next to the woods, and as we're sitting there just like playing, doing whatever fifth grade boys do, a group of our neighbors came up to us. And they were like, hey guys, um, you need to be really careful when you play next to the woods. Because a couple people were out last night, and uh, they noticed there was a bobcat out there. So just be really careful. If you see it, you need to move away from it. Bobcats are kind of scary. And they leave, and they're well, very well-meaning. And I'll never forget what my friend Seth did. He looked at us after those well-meaning adults left, and he said, you think we should sneak out tonight and try to catch that bobcat? It was a very bold ask, okay? It was a very, very bold ask for a lot of reasons, okay? One, the woods is several acres long. Like, it's, it's huge, and none of us have experience tracking animals. Okay, so that's like, that's bold. The other reason why this is bold is we are in fifth grade, and it doesn't matter how old you are, it's never a good idea to sneak out of your house. Ever. Look, talking to you high school kids, never a good idea. Especially if you're in fifth grade. Actually, especially no matter how old you are, it's never a good idea. But then the fact that, like, okay, Bobcats are very dangerous animals. And in the crazy event that me and these fifth grade boys would have caught said bobcat, there's a good chance that something bad would have happened to all of us if we would have done that. So it just wasn't, like, it wasn't a good idea, not to mention the fact that we're all 10 years old. So it was a bold ask for him. Like, it was a bold thing to do, but... um, but we, we never tried. But what we did do is we said, instead of sneaking out, we went kind of with a compromise route, and we just dug a huge hole in the woods, covered it with leaves, and we just figured the bobcat would fall in there and we'd catch it. The hole is still there, and there is no bobcat in it, but I keep checking every year. So eventually we will catch that silly thing. But, but no, maybe like in, in this letter that we're looking at here, the, the letter of Philemon in our New Testament, what you see is you see Paul ask a very bold question. That, that he, he asks something very, very difficult that would have cost him a lot, but he does it because Onesimus is his friend. And this is what friends do. What friends do is they take chances for their friends. That if you want to be a good friend to someone, eventually you're going to have to do so at a risk to yourself. And this letter, Philemon, is Paul 
showing us how to be a good friend to someone else. There's a lot of things that are happening there, but that's certainly one part that is happening. And I want to read this letter to you. So um, we'll start in chapter one, because there's only one chapter, and we'll read it starting in verse eight. This is, this, this is Paul speaking. He says, accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake, I appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus. I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase that you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar, but this is, this is kind of, you can leave that verse up there, that this is kind of what Paul is doing. That he's a, okay, he is Paul. Okay, this is at the end of his life. He is a very important person that people in the church, they know who Paul is. Paul can just tell people what to do. But instead of doing that, he says, no, I know I can tell you, but I'd much rather just make an appeal. And here's the thing, as we talk about being a good friend, as we talk about taking chances for a friend, that sometimes we think, okay, I'm going to do the right thing and I'm just going to be a jerk about it. That I'm going to do the right thing because it's the right thing. I can go about it however I want because I'm doing the right thing. And what we see here from Paul, he's absolutely right in what he's asking. But he appeals for love's sake. He's using wisdom in making a very bold ask. He doesn't have to do this. He, he doesn't even have a last name. He's just Paul. And when you think of people who don't have last names, those people generally have power. I mean, you got Madonna, Oprah, Cardi B only has a letter, so she doesn't have as much power, but still, I mean, you get the idea. That he's Paul. He doesn't have to do this, but he does. And sometimes what happens with us as believers, we're armed with truth. But here's a, this is a picture of grace and truth. That he's, he's, he, could, he could be far more bold than he is. And he still makes the ask. But he does it in a way that they'll listen. And then he continues to go forward. Let me read this to you. Verse 11. Formerly, talking about Onesimus, he was useless to you. But now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I'm sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I prefer to do nothing without your consent, that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. For this, perhaps, is why he was parted from you for a while that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and to the Lord. 
that what Paul's, it's very interesting what happens in these two verses. He's doing two things. That, that he's making an emotional appeal, but he's also doing the right thing in the right way. That, that phrase, my very heart, he's saying, Onesimus, this guy Onesimus, he is my very heart. That that is the type of language that conjures up a certain emotion. That you can call anything your very heart, and you're going to probably feel something about that thing that you're calling your very heart. We'll just try it. Okay, so kids, I need your help. When I do this with my hands, I need you to go, aww. Okay, just try it. Okay, this side didn't do it. You guys are good. This side. Okay, here we go. And adults too, just help them out. Okay, here we go. Okay, all together. Okay, that was close. Okay, that'll work. Okay, so I'm going to say a sentence. I'm going to do this motion, and then you go, ah. Okay, here we go. When they closed down Nuke's eatery, they closed a piece of my very heart. You guys feel that? That was emotion. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever said that about nukes before. That's why they closed it down. Okay, here's another one. Okay. When I sold my 1991 GMC Jimmy with red interior, I sold a piece of my very heart. Yeah, it was really hard. It was really hard to say goodbye to that car, but the engine didn't work, so we had to get rid of it. Because it was pretty, but it didn't go. All right, one more. Yesterday, or last, last Sunday, I got a taco from that nacho taco place. It was a surf and turf. It was delicious. And when I ate it, I ate a piece of my very heart. Yeah, 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 keep, yeah. If you guys had one of those tacos, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was amazing. Okay, so like, it con- like that, that phrase and maybe me going like this helps a little bit, but here's the point. What Paul's doing is he's drawing attention to the emotion that he feels about Onesimus. That he, he views this person, he's not just a friend, but he's almost more than, like, he is a piece of his very heart that he loves this guy. And, and, and here's, but, but he, so he has this, like, strong emotional feel, but then he also, at the same time, he does what is right. That he's saying, okay, I have every right to tell you to just give him to me. That I have a very strong emotional relationship. He will be very useful to me. But still, even though those things are true, I'm still going to ask, I'm still going to ask you to, to, to let me have him. Because what Paul is doing is he's doing the right thing in the right way. That, that, that we talked about this last week as we talked about justice. That what justice does is justice does the right thing in the right way at the right time. That, that what's happening here is Paul is being just because you, you can, you can do the right thing in the wrong way. As a, if you're here and you're a kid or you're a parent, you've probably experienced this when you asked your child to clean their room. They said, of course I will clean the room. And then they complained about it the whole time. Like they did the right thing. Like the room is clean. But they didn't do it in the right way because they complained the whole time they do it. What Paul is doing here is he's doing the right thing. 
that it is the absolute right thing to say, hey, let him go. But he does it in a way that is right. And so he's able to make this ask, and as he makes this ask, he really leans in at the end, and I really like this here in verse 17. He says, so Philemon, if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. And then in verse 18, he says, if he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write it with my own hand. I will repay it. So what a lot of people believe is that Paul, he wrote this letter with a scribe, except for that part, because he wanted to make sure that he heard him. So all the handwriting is going to match except for one spot where Paul is writing. And no, I write this with my own hand to say nothing of you owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. That what Paul is offering is not only like, like tough, it's not only emotional, it's also very expensive. That Onesimus would have ran away several years before this letter came. And Paul is saying, all the, all the work that you would have lost from Onesimus, I'll pay for it. I know it's going to be expensive, but I'll pay for it. And the reason why he's able to do that is because he's a friend. And what friends do a good friend takes chances for their friends. And it, it, may, it forces the question, though, to you. Do I do that? Am I willing to take a chance for my friends? Maybe even as I say that, like a good friend will take chances for their friends. Maybe you think, man... I sure wish that I had a friend that would take a chance for me. And maybe if you feel that way, it could be, it could be two things. It could be maybe, maybe you feel that way because you're not looking at the friends that you actually have. And maybe you tend to see things kind of negatively and you have people in your life who would be willing to do that or who have done that, you just haven't noticed it. Or maybe you've never experienced that. And maybe the reason you've never experienced that is because you're not that type of friend to other people. And, and, and really, okay, so this, this is what this does. It forces you to ask yourself a really difficult question. And it doesn't matter if you're in first grade or if you're in 80th grade. Like, the question's still there. Is friendship with you, is it a two-way street? Are you the type of friend that you would want others to be for you. you know, maybe you're in, you're in elementary school and you think, gosh, I really would like to have more people play with me at recess time. And, and if, if maybe that's where you're at. And I would just ask you if that's where you're at. Are you willing to play with everyone who comes to play with you? Or do you play with a group of people until a better option comes along and then you go play with different people? That if you do that, you're not being the type of friend that you want to be to other people. 
Maybe your thing is you're like, man, I just wish people would be more encouraging on my posts. I wish I'd get more likes on Facebook and, and people would respond to my text messages quicker. Well, do you do that to other people? Or are you just complaining about people not doing that to you? Or maybe even as we talk about like taking a chance for a friend, you're thinking, gosh, I really wish someone would do that for me. I wish that someone would take a chance for me so that I could end up where God wants me to be. And I would just ask you if that's what you're thinking. Have you ever done that for anyone else? Have you ever put your neck out for someone else? But the point is this, is that really, we need to be the type of friend that we want. And maybe you would think, okay, well, I've done all those things. I'm the perfect friend. But I still haven't experienced that type of friendship back. It's just not fair. And to that, I would say, you're right. It's not Life's not fair. And we don't choose to be a good friend because of what we're going to get in return. But we choose to be a good friend because of how God was willing to be our friend. And we take risks for people. We put ourselves out there. Because if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, that no one has taken a greater risk for you than him. That he walked out of everything that is perfect. We define it as heaven. That where he was, there was no pain. There was no trauma. There was no heartache. That it was perfect. That he walked out of that to take a chance for you, knowing full well that that chance that he was going to take would cost him his life. And he did it. He did it because he wants to be your friend. Look at, the, look at how John talks about it in his gospel in John chapter 15. He says, greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for their friends, that Jesus wants to be your friend. And what this message do is it really, it forces us to answer two questions. First one is, is Jesus our friend? Like, is he our friend? Or is he that guy that we kind of are friends with? And then the other question that we have to answer as we look at this text is, are we the type of friend that we would want in return? And as we land this morning, I just want us to pray on those two questions and say, okay, God, where am I at with both of these things? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you want to be our friend. Thank you, God, that we can know that you care about us. God, that we can know that you love us. 
But God, that we can know that it was a great risk to you that you became my friend. And I just pray this morning as we ask these questions to our hearts and to ourselves, that you'd speak to us. God, that you would make us aware of where we are. God, that you would make us aware of what we need to do. And God, if there's anyone here who's not your friend, maybe they were your friend at one time, but the truth, they don't live their life like they are your friend. God, if there's anyone here who falls into that category, God, would you convict them by the power of your spirit? And God, would you help them to know that you want nothing more than to be friends with them? And then God, I pray for all of us that we would honestly look at our lives and ask ourselves, are we being good friends? my good friend. God, would you help us to see that this morning? So everyone, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I just want you to ponder those two questions. It doesn't matter who you are, how old you are. I believe that God wants to speak to you. And so the first question is, are you his friend? Like, are you willing to take a chance for him? When you think about your friendships, like, do you treat Jesus like he's your friend? Or is he just some kind of weird hobby that, you, that comes around every once in a while? That that's no relationship, that that's no friendship. And when you think of what he has given us, it's pretty reasonable to ask ourselves, am I his friend? So are you his friend? You know. And then maybe, are you a good friend? Are you a friend to people like Jesus is to you? Are you someone who, who people can count on? Are you willing to take risks for your friends? Are you willing to, to make difficult asks on behalf of your friends? Or are you someone who just expects a lot and gives little in return. I pray that if that's you, God would convict you. I pray that God would speak to you. And if you're coming up with all these reasons in your mind why that's not you, it is. And he's speaking. But the question is, are you going to listen? Father, I pray. God, if there's anyone here who's not your friend, I pray that they would ask you to forgive them of their sins. Jesus, I pray that they would make you their best friend. And then, God, I pray for all of us as we walk out of this room this morning, that we would walk out of here with a commitment to be a good friend. And that you would use us to reach this world. Help us, God. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.